All right. Adam, thanks for joining me today. Appreciate your time. Yeah, man. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here at United Soccer Coaches Convention here on Podcast Row. Hell yeah, baby. <laughs> so so um, talk to us about your presentation. Yeah, man. Later today, uh, 2.30, I'll be in one of the rooms. Don't even know the room. I forget okay. off the top of my head. But um, uh, it's going to be speaking primarily to a high school audience on this one. Uh, this is simply from the, the targeted group. But the message really is applicable to all all, yeah. all levels. And today we're going to be talking about unlocking the secret to your team's leadership. And I know on the surface that may feel like a catchy, like salesy title, right? To kind of lure people in. Like what really could be the secret? Right, right. 99% of the people that will be in there will have never heard what I'm going to teach about. It is truly a secret. It is uh, for seven years since we've had Lead em Up uh, going around and, and and teaching on this theme. And, and I will share, I'll share it here on the podcast, but like teaching the on this. The podcast won't get released till after. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, so we won't be spoiling it. <laughs> yeah. But night, you know. During the seven years of us going through Lead Em Up, working with teams of all levels, every time, 99% of the time we bring up this topic, it has never been a topic that a coach has worked on with their team. It's never been a theme that they've discussed. When I bring up the word and I ask who has heard of this term reference like this, right, and ask them to raise their hand, every hand is down because nobody has heard it. It's, it but it really is the secret. Yeah, the secret. The secret. Don't. Don't don't give it away yet. Okay. We'll, we'll make the listeners listen to the whole episode. Okay. Talk to us about lead them up though. How how to come about? You know, what was the what is it first? And you know, how what was the decision to kind of start started and do your own thing? Yeah. So I mean, it's a leadership and character program designed to engage athletes to develop them into the leaders needed to win. Okay. And a lot of times when people hear character programs or leadership programs, they think it's all like behavioral. Right, like character, like trying to just develop good kids. Okay, and and that's certainly part of it, but but we're more about leadership and character performance. Okay, and you know we believe like you can have good character, but not necessarily the right character for success. Right, like think about a good character kid, good grades, respectful. They uh, yes sir, no sir, yes ma'am, no ma'am, just really polite kids, but that doesn't necessarily translate into winning. Okay, we need to have the right character. Okay, you could be a great kid and, and lack the discipline needed to be successful. You could be a good kid and, and not be very communicative. Or a good kid and not be very um, uh, willing and courageous in holding your teammates accountable to raise a standard and drive people to another level. So for us, it's a leadership and character program that is designed to move you closer to winning. And for us, we've started in 2015, got a little over 3,000 teams around the country. And our big thing is just that we've been able to develop a curriculum that actually engages and excites young people to want to develop this right character and leadership. And this is for all ages that you work with, high school, grade school, middle school, to college, or yeah. even professional as well? Or? Yeah, even professional. Yeah, yeah I, had a, I had a chance to go down to Houston, work, do some work with the Texans nice. this past year. So there's some professional. We do a handful of corporate. We don't market the corporate and brand right. it, but there's a good word of mouth kind of growing of our work with corporate because the things we do like a lot of times and then all the way down to your point uh, even down probably no younger than grade four yeah okay but um, you know a lot of times we get grouped into team building right because right? by nature of us working with teams and such sure. and we push back on that Jesse we um, we say we are people building right because okay. if you build the people the people will build the team yeah right but if we can build the people the right character i.e who they are, and have them engage in the right behavior, their leadership. Right. Man, you're going to see a good team. And when it comes to people building, 
it doesn't matter if you're corporate. It doesn't matter if you're in the pro ranks, the college People ranks. People all want the same things, right? We all, we all need foundationally. to. Foundationally. Everybody yeah. needs to demonstrate this type of character that is yeah. needed. And, and now what is needed in each team and each level, that changes. Sure. That's why we work with the team, right? Because it'll look slightly different. Right. But generally speaking, it's all the same. That's interesting. What, um, being that you work with so many different kids, with the older ones in that curriculum you're talking about, how does how does the curriculum you're using change from middle school to even professional athletes? Or yeah. is, it, is the foundation still all the same? Yeah, the curriculum stays the same. It stays the same. Right? The only thing changes just the the emotional intelligence of the presenter or the teacher or the facilitator to kind of connect it to a higher level. Interesting. Okay, so like the premise of the curriculum will stay the same. But I may water, not water down, I may not go into as much detail with a younger age. On right. it, okay. Um, I may go, you know, the conversations may get more elaborate and sophisticated at the higher end, but the premise of the teaching, exact same. So what are some of the challenges that, let's say, because I'm at the college level, so you come in, you're at the college level, like what? What are some of the challenges you face for a program like yours? Because you're not there all the time, right? Right. So it's like, how does... How do you make that transition and how do you help the, I guess, the coach work with the team to continue the message, the same message? Because I feel like that line of communication can get tricky during some times. Yeah, I mean, well, first, it depends on the relationship with the team. Okay, yeah. so like there are some teams that will go in and we'll work a single session with them. Okay, we'll do a single three-hour training camp. It's a one-time thing. And then you really are counting on the coach to continue the ongoing development. Right. But then, like, there's other teams, like maybe proximity from a regional standpoint, where we'll be with them all season. So yeah. I will carry the whole message the whole season. Nice. Okay. They'll have me be their leadership coach, quote unquote, on staff, where I'll work 12 sessions during the course of the year. So a little different depending on the arrangement. How do we get the buy in, though? Like, how do right. I step into right. a college program? Right. I'm simply going to remind the players that I'm here simply to help them get more of what they want. Okay, what they want is they want to be part of something special. Sure. Who doesn't? Right. Right. They want to get closer to winning. Who right. doesn't? Right. Right. The reality is, my job is to get them to understand how this leadership and character category connects back to that. Yeah. Right. That that this is going to help drive us closer to winning, and the things that we're going to unpack, the things that we're going to uncover, the the things we're going to introduce. If we buy in and lean in, we'll move us closer to winning. Nothing guarantees winning in sports. You just got to do everything you can to increase the chances. Yeah. And this increases the chances. So when you begin to present it back to that and you connect it back to winning, right, and you connect it back to them being part of something special, then all of a sudden, like, they're like, okay, I'm open. I'm open. Yeah. But then I also ask them in the beginning. One of our, We have four player commitments that all players need to engage in. And commitment number one is they need to lean in. Yeah, I get it. You don't know me. You don't quite know all about the lead them up program. Okay, there's a tendency in in response to that to maybe pull back to have a little bit of your guard up. What's this all about? What am I getting into? Right, a little bit of hesitancy. That serves nobody any value right now. It doesn't serve you. It doesn't help me. It, it literally increases the chances of us wasting our time. Yeah. <laughs> so in order for us not to waste our time, I need a commitment from you, and I need you to lean in and give this a chance because there's a chance this could help change us significantly only if you allow it. So we have that conversation out of the gate and then you connect it back to what it can do for this team and winning. Right. Then the buy-in goes. 
message. And then it comes yeah. into like a lot, which is the personality of the coach sure, and sure. the energy in the room and the, the engagement of the curriculum. And all of a sudden they're like, wow, this is pretty good. No, this makes sense, man. I can see what he's saying. Yeah, man, I need to lean into this. Let's go. And then we have some competitive elements where they've got to earn some things. Yeah. We, we give them a score. They have to actually score the current leadership score on their team. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Which is a very unique thing we do. We call it the green team score because the green team is one of our themes. We're trying to build the green team. Yeah. They actually score their team. So then at that point, it is very objective. Right. I'm just going to give you the heads up. With that score that you all just scored you, I'm going to tell you right now, you're probably going to be looking at a um, uh, 11 or, you know, a, uh, a 9 and 13 season. And, and guess what? Don't be mad about it. Right. Right? Because, like, I mean, you scored your culture and leadership in this team, I don't know, 63. Yeah. Okay. But yet you want, like, A-plus results. Sure. You don't even show up consistent. You're not right. even disciplined enough. You, I mean, you told me right. you all lack passion <laughs> and energy and consistency. You, I mean, I didn't say that. You all scored yourself. Yeah. So all of a sudden, it's like, so we have scoring ranges to reach our full potential. Mm -hmm. Right? You've got to get to a certain level to be able to maximize our team. So they see it, and they're like, okay, we got some work to do. That's interesting. Where do you – have kids really changed over the past 10 years like we have, or have coaches changed? Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's a great question. I, I, think, I think deep down, like, everyone's still relatively the same. Right. Okay, I think, like, the core, deep parts of what we want, you know, like, I'm talking deep soul yeah. work, you know. Like, I think that is still the same, but the method and delivery uh, approaches – have absolutely required us to change. Sure. Right? The attention spans, the um, people feeling like they really want to feel part of it, okay? Mm. So deep down, everyone wants it, but I do think some of the methods and deliveries have absolutely changed, right? I think that... Um, Good, bad, and different. I, I just, I, yeah, I it's mean... Just, just adapting to... Yeah, I mean, so it's interesting. Yesterday, like I, we were talking before, you know, I teach at Towson University, right. okay? And their leadership institute. And I was working with a corporate group. There was 25 individuals. This, this corporate team spent all day, and we, we went through a whole day workshop from 9 to 4. And it was interesting. Many of the individuals in that organization had shared that that was the first time they'd ever gone through any type of leadership training like that. Really? Right? Literally. And uh, I do this little thing at the end about, like, give me one word to describe how you're feeling in light of today's training. Right. You know, and you get a lot of just, like, enlightened, empowered, encouraged. But, like, one woman said sad. Sad. And I was like, sad? It was like shock, right? right? And she was an older woman. And her response simply was, I'm sad because I've been uh, in this profession for 30 years and I've never experienced a training like this. And it <laughs> makes me think how much better I could be right now had I experienced it. And it opened up this conversation that this whole theme of leadership and leadership development and all of that is holistically new. Yeah. It's new. Right. I graduated in 2000 from high school. I literally can't recall a single leadership message right. being taught to me, being emphasized and during my high school sports experience. When I went into college, like, same deal, okay? Yeah. I don't know if you agree. No, yeah, yeah, I do. I do. Never had anything. I mean, my coaches were also very old school, too, and old school in the sense that, you know, it was just... <laughs> They, they didn't take shit. You yeah, know, yeah. This is like, what you do. I'm right, the boss. This right. is how we're gonna do and, it. And, and it's funny too, because like that's how um, that's how our captains work. And so when your captains do that, just gets trickled down and trickled down. And it's funny. In, I think my junior year actually, it did like we had a new freshman class in, 
in me being one of the upperclassmen, I wasn't named the captain, but me being an upperclassman, I tried, you know, I just did everything that I saw over the past two years. And then the, even those two years, like the new, they didn't, they didn't deal with it. And you know that, and that year we had the, we had so much talent and we didn't win because we had a group that was just disconnected. And, you know, I take a lot of the blame because like, it was probably partially my fault. And just like the way that the leadership style that I've just saw over the past two years, I tried to do it and they didn't get it. So it's just like, you know, me having to yeah. adjust and adapt to, to build that better relationship. So, yeah, I mean, and you use the term adjust and adapt. I think when we talk about like it's, it, what's changed, right? Is it the kids, is it the coaches, things of that nature? You know, where I was, what triggered my thought in, in that conversation yesterday with that class was this is all new for us. Right. And in fact, I later Googled when was the first leadership institute on a collegiate environment? It was 1979. There was a single one. The, the second one that was really kind of highly regarded was in 1995 at the University of Maryland. Okay? So I want you to think about that. And and that was in Google, okay? Like when you search, like, first uh, recorded uh, leadership institute on the collegiate level, like, right. what showed up? Let's say it's 95. Let's say that one at the University of Maryland was part of it. Okay, 95. That was just the first one. Yeah. That's the end of the 90s. All of a sudden, when we start talking about, okay, so that was the first one. Let's say it slowly started gaining momentum. You're probably now into the 2000s. Right. Okay. And and then at the time where it really starts going, you're probably in the 2010 and after. This is stuff that's just a decade old. Right. It's just a decade old. All this leadership stuff. So when we talk about what's changed, right? I think, right? When we talked about the methods needing to change, I think we've learned. Interesting. We are learning. Yeah. And this is a new part of learning. Okay. Yeah. So this is, you know, we are learning that, like, you know what? What's changed? We are just gaining deeper understanding on what gets the most out of people. Gotcha. Which is now causing a change in our approach and things right. like that. Okay, so you know, I mean, here we're at United Soccer Coaches, uh, but I also speak at Glacier Football Clinics. Right. Okay, right. which is you know a similar organization but sure. designed for football coaches, and I do all their leadership speaking around the country and all their clinics. They really didn't incorporate leadership coaches like coaching into their clinics. Yeah, it was really about five or six years ago is when they started bringing a leadership component, and yeah. now it's in there. And I have teams all over the country that I'm the leadership coach, and they're recognizing, wow, this is true. This is a skill that can be developed. Yeah. Our kids do respond, and if we do have the right character, it does generate it, and what creates that environment that produces winning? We are learning. Right. That's what's changing. So, so we're putting an end to the leaders are made, not born myth, or, or leaders are Leaders what I, what are made, made, not born. born. Yeah, 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 I mean, I think yeah. there is some general DNA that kind sure. of um, taps into some uh, leadership traits that may bring it out a little easier for right, some. Right. I think some kids are more communicative and things right. of that nature. Right. But 100% they can be developed, yeah. okay? Because leadership's a skill, like all skill can be developed. Sure. Now, how do I know that? Easy. I see kids yeah. get better. Right. Bottom line. Right. I see kids develop the confidence. I see them become a little bit more communicative. I see them become more mature and disciplined in their behaviors and such. I see them begin incorporating better habits. They begin to kind of develop this leadership mindset. They begin to look at things differently, perceive things differently, tolerate things differently. They begin to change in their progress. But what's equally as important of the kid growing is that we create an environment that helps fuel that growth. Right. Okay, if you ever read this book by James Clear, Atomic Habits. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right? 
He said he's never been able to, he's never seen anyone sustain great habits in a poorly uh, designed environment. Sure. Environment's everything, right? Environment's everything. Yeah. So like for us, it's this conjunction about leadership development. It's let me give the individuals the skills to kind of improve their communication, some emotional intelligence skills and things of that nature. But let me simultaneously yeah. create the environment that actually allows leadership to thrive. Sure. That's actually what we're talking about today at 2.30. Love it. Love it's it. the environment. Yeah. Are you going into, so lead them up, you guys have developed eight, eight core beliefs, eight principles. Is that what you're discussing or can you touch on those, those yeah, and, briefly? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, those are just some of the core yeah. things we believe, right? You know, when the leader improves, everybody wins. Yeah. Okay. Um, that, you know. We want to make leadership development as enjoyable as skill development, right? Okay. Soccer players will go out and they'll put up shots and they'll kick and they'll dribble yeah. and they'll do all this stuff. But like getting them to be as intentional about their leadership and character isn't always been on the forefront of their mind. Right. They look at that as something they have to do. It's not something they get to do. They don't see the connection to winning and all right. that. Like we're right. trying to change that, right? So we've got these principles that kind of guide us and all. Um, but for us today, should I share? Please share. Should I share? Okay, yeah. all right. So mainly for myself. Okay, yeah. that's right. That's right. I mean, today though, like when when we dig in, when we talk about unlocking the secret, it, it kind of talks about that environment that we talked about. Yeah. So we, we teach an entire kind of framework under this umbrella of what we call followership. Okay. My guess, if I asked everyone listening to this, and asked you, Jesse, if you've heard the term leadership used or referenced at any point in the last thirty days, raise your hand. Every hand goes up. Right. Leadership, 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 leadership. That's all we talk about. And I get it, right? Lead them up. I like this stuff. Followership. Like, when's the last time you've heard followership discussed and talked about in the last 30 days? Have you? Nobody raises their hand. But, and it's so underrated. And I was thinking of this too, actually, when you were talking about earlier the, the good character kids. Those are, those are kind of like, if, if I'm, if I'm not jumping the gun or going off here. Well, let's see where, let's see where you take I'm, it. I'll I'm, tell you yeah. if you're falling in line I'm here. I'm thinking the, those good characters kids are the, the followers. Like, cause, cause every good team, like you can't have a team of all leaders, right? You got to have people to, to buy into that leader and you got to have the, the good followers and the ones that buy in and look, and, and I think too, it's not everyone's meant to be a leader and that's okay. Yeah. Right. But if you can still develop the skills and like to be a good character kid, maybe not the right character to lead. But you still have the good characters or characteristics and qualities. You know that that's what makes the team, right? It, I, I feel like the best teams have one or two really good leaders, and you know the rest follow along and being good kids and buying in. Whereas you know when you have twenty one leaders, twenty two leaders, it's it's hard because everyone wants to say. So there's a lot um, packed with what you just said. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna challenge some of the things you just said. Please do. Um, I may give you a slightly different perspective on what you just shared. That's okay. Yeah. All right. So some of the things that we believe, there's a major difference in what you're alluding to. There's a major difference between a leader and the leader. Hold on to that. Major difference between a leader and the leader. We believe every single person on the team is a leader. Doesn't mean they are the leader. There's a difference. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. When we begin to kind of own that thought process, we begin to understand that every single person in the room needs to start developing a leadership mindset. They need to start thinking in a way. And the reason they need to think that way is because of that A leader versus the leader, but it's also because of concept we teach called rotational leadership. Super important. And this is the true reality of teams. Every single person on the team at times will play the role of a leader and at times plays the role of a follower. 
no one leads 100% of the time, right? I go into a program and, and we've got the head coach in the room and I'm leading the lead them up session, right? They are the leader on paper, but in this moment, they're following my lead. That coach is sitting right there in the group following my lead, okay? Five minutes after the session, that coach may give me some instruction. I'm now following their lead. Okay? Leadership is rotational. Every single person plays both roles. You lead this podcast, okay? But as I'm talking, right, you're following my lead right now, okay? But the moment you started, I sat back and I was following your lead, okay? When we text message, I initiate a conversation. I'm I'm leading the conversation. The moment I pick up my phone and catch up, I'm following along on the conversation. There is nobody that leads 24-7, 365. Okay, every single person plays both roles, and so that's why we say followership is so important. It's one's performance level and following the leader, and it's applicable to everybody because every single person plays the role of a follower at times. Yeah. Okay. So logic tells you tells us if there are times where I am a leader, but there's also times where I'm following other people's leads, then I need to be a high performer in both areas. Right. Agree. Sure. Now. The number one reason our teams lack leadership, the number one issue we hear from players around the country for seven years straight, it is not that they don't want to lead. It's not even that they feel like they lack the skill to lead. The reality is that every time they try to lead, they're met with such resistance from their teammates that they end up getting burned out and discouraged and don't know, they no longer want to lead. You hear it time and time again, right? Like, coach, players would be like, coach, like, honestly, like, dude, they're, they're just going to do what they want to do. Right. Like, every time I bring it up, they don't listen. I send them text messages. They don't reply, right? I try to tell them that you need to be here. They don't really fall in line, right? Every time I do try, they tell me to chill out, get up, you know, lay off right. me. Like, give me a break. Like, who are you? Like, you messed up last week. And they get all defensive and right. emotional. And, like, right. the reality is... Right? We don't lack leadership oftentimes. We are just extremely poor in our followership. We don't allow leaders to lead us okay? because we struggle in the followership. And so often we sit there and coaches diagnose the wrong issues on the team. They sit there and say, we're lacking leaders. We just don't have the leaders. There's a chance that your leaders were fully engaged, excited to lead your team, and over numerous times of trying and getting shut down, they said, screw it, it's not worth it, I'm done. And then apathy stands in. So we sit there and we look at the captains or the leaders for not leading greater. The reality is it's the rest of the team that burn them out. That's interesting. You feel me on that? Yeah, 100%. So there are three levels to followership. Our teams have to get to the highest level. And when you do, the leadership changes. Right? Three levels. Lowest level, challenging to lead. Think about players you've coached. They're yeah. challenging to lead. Think about those. What are they doing or not doing? They're, they get defensive. They don't listen. Yeah. They're not approachable. They're not coachable. Um, they're, they don't take care of their business. They're not responsible. Right. All those things. Right? Especially at the college level, too, when you come from being the best player in your high school club environment. You get to college. You're not the best player anymore. So maybe so they're not embracing their role. Yeah, you get right? the, yeah, you get, and then it's easy to get defensive when... You have a senior yelling at you because the level needs to be better and yes. just trying so, to hold you accountable. There are a lot of players that yeah. are challenging the lead, and it almost doesn't matter how good of a leader you are. If that's what you're met with all the time, your leadership's going to suffer. Sure. Okay? Yeah. Second level, easy to lead. 
they go with it. They listen. They're coachable. They say yes sir, no sir, yes ma'am, no ma'am. They follow instruction. They fall in line. They're easy to lead. A lot of people say, isn't that what you want? There's a bunch of people that are easy to lead. We say good is not good enough if better is an option. So yes, that is good, but it's not good if there is a better option, which there is. And it's the place that we require all of our athletes in our team environments to get to. It's what we call enjoyable to lead. Yeah. It seems like a very basic word, but when you break it down, it reminds us of something. When you break down enjoyable, it means to put joy in. Which means, Jesse, when you lead me on the pitch, I'm learning the soccer language, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? When you lead me, I have a performance responsibility to receive your leadership in such a way that I actually fill you with joy. You feel me on that? I want you to be filled with joy because then when you get filled with joy and you walk away from the interaction, you then become more able to lead greater. Hence the word enjoy able. Enjoyable, okay? And the reality is, if I respond that way, when you try to lead me, what we don't realize is I then like boost you. So let's say you try to lead me, we've got a little habit that we call thank the passer. We say anytime someone tries to deliver a pass, any, we say anytime someone tries to deliver leadership, we call it a pass. Some encouragement, some coaching, some feedback, some accountability, no matter what. If they deliver a pass to you, you have to thank the passer. That's a little habit. We teach this whole framework, thank the passer framework, okay? Yeah. So you try to help me out, okay? You're coaching me up on my game, right? You're like, Adam, hey, man, you know, like... I don't, I don't know enough about the soccer language. Like, coach me up something on skill work. We talk about goalkeeping. goalkeeping coach, okay. All right, we talk about goalkeeping. You got to catch the ball more. That's goal number one, right? Catch the ball. I got to <laughs> catch the ball more. I got to yeah. be more aggressive to yeah. catch the ball. Okay. So, if I thank the passer, if I'm like, dude, yo, appreciate that. Yo, good looking yeah. out, Jesse. Thank you so much, man. And, and then even do something. We have a whole thing that you have to do yeah. to really kind of dominate, thank the passer. And then maybe even a couple days later, I come back and be like, man, Man, your words the other day really kind of like resonated with me, and I've definitely like been more intentional. I feel my game getting better. I really yeah. appreciate that. I come back a couple days. All of a sudden, Jesse walks away from just the experience of leading me, just being like, "Dude, I like that." Yeah. Like, it, it, like I like how was it having Adam as a teammate? Oh, what a joy. Okay. But what happens is, as I thank you and thank the pastor, you then it increases the chances of you. Delivering more passes in the future. Uh, gotcha. So what happened is, when I was a follower, you were the leader. You, yeah. you led me, and I had to follow your leadership. You know, honor your leadership. When I did it well, in turn, I actually led you well. Yeah. Because let's say now, let's step back from a holistic standpoint. Let's say I did the opposite. You try to help me out, and I'm like, bro, I got it. I'm good. I don't need the help. Yeah. I, listen, you saw I was all staying high school. I don't need. I don't need it. I got. I, I know what works. You walk away thinking, all right, not doing that again. <laughs> Screw that guy. Yeah, right. Like, and, and now you're like kind of like screwed. I'm done. Yeah. So then all of a sudden, like, we're in the goalie room together, the meeting room, and like a couple weeks later, like I noticed like Jesse, you, like, it's not being as kind of team oriented, not being as helpful, not being as leadership. And now I'm over here with the coaches being like, man, what's up with Jesse? Have you noticed yeah. Jesse? Like just not being real helpful. Right. And also we got this problem with Jesse. Because Jesse's not engaging in leadership the way we want him to. Right. It's actually not Jesse's fault. It was my fault. Yeah. I, I burned him out. I, I destroyed him. We yeah. say 
you discourage them, okay? Sure. Right? When you say discourage, D-I-S means the prefix to be far from. Okay? It's where you get the word distant or disappeared. Yeah. It was here, now it's gone, distant. It's out far from. I discourage you to the point where I took what little bit of leadership courage was in you, and I removed it and made it far from you. Now you no longer have it. I did it. No one ever addresses, addresses my followership. Yeah. But it's actually the reason the leadership's not thriving. So, so do you think? I, I went down a lot yeah, there. No, right? no, no, no. It's interesting. So, like, so do you think when we look at you know we can look at the Premier League teams, we can look at NFL teams. Like, when these coaches are getting fired, like, do you think it's it's not because they don't know the game? I would think, but like, is it? Do you think the players they didn't get a good response from the players in that followership, and it kind of burned them out from coaching? I think the professional ranks of a coaching decision is. A totally different beast than yeah. everything. Okay, so that's nothing new. No, yeah. I don't see that there per se. Um, you know, I, I think there's too many nuances in the professional rank to kind of go that simple. You know, I look at like, um, like we, we share this video. I'll give an example from the pro ranks. We share in one of our leading up film studies. Um, wide receiver for the commanders since I'm in DC, right? Yeah. The commanders, a guy named Terry McCoy. Yeah, scary Terry. Scary Terry, right? Came from Ohio State. Yeah. Um, there's a YouTube clip you can go look at it. It's about a minute long. Uh, it was during the COVID year. They just beat the Cowboys. Ron Rivera's in the locker room, and Ron Rivera says, Does anyone have anything else they want to say? Right. And Terry McCorn raises his hand and says, Coach, I got something. Okay. As he's going, it's, it's a very unique thing. He, um, he starts off his little thing saying, like, hey, I know I'm not a captain. So I'm only in my second year and everything. Like, he puts that little disclaimer in there right. when he begins. He get, then goes and talks for about 45 seconds. And at the end, as soon as he's done, he kind of, like, there's this whole breakdown that we do of his body language and all that. As soon as he's done speaking, he puts his head down and starts walking back a little bit, like backing up from the circle of the team, okay, with his head down. In the moment he begins to hear, like, the rest of the team, like, yeah, Terry, yeah, yeah. that's what's up, bro, you're right, begin to kind of, like, support his leadership, all of a sudden you watch him and his head goes back up, he begins to smile, he makes his way back into the center of the, the team, and he actually breaks the team down. That's awesome. Okay? That's awesome. I share that, and we do this breakdown because there's a couple things here. Why does a player, I'll ask you this, Jesse, why does a player like Terry McLaurin put a disclaimer at the beginning of his little talk there in the locker room to say, hey, I know I'm not a captain or nothing, I'm still a young guy? Why does he do that? I guess is in case he says something wrong or he's a little nervous to, to say the wrong thing, so he has to put out that this I'm new to this, so give me, give, cut me some slack. Cut me some slack. I'm new to this. I think the word you kind of laid out, though, nervous. He's a little yeah. nervous, right? And and I follow Terry pretty closely. He does this speech. If you look at that speech compared to his everyday speech, he's speaking really fast during this little 45-second yeah, yeah. locker room talk, which is usually a sign of nervousness. Yeah. Okay. Why be nervous? I'm going to tell you why he's nervous. He's nervous because he's not confident that his team has great followership. He's not confident that they're going to receive his leadership. They, he doesn't know. Yeah. He doesn't know. Okay. He doesn't know if, if they're going to thank him and like appreciate, i.e., thank the passer, or if they're going to kind of like kind of dog him a little bit or clown him, and like turn their back on him. Right. He's not confident in their followership. So what happens is you've got a guy who wants to lead, who recognizes 
wow, there's a potential, the courage, I have to build up the courage. If it doesn't go well, I will be so discouraged that I'll probably never do this again. But it went well. What's the opposite of discourage? Encourage. The team loved it. They, they were like, they appreciated it. Like they embraced it, they encouraged him. Smile happened. Because when he backed away, he was actually, we called this whole thing the moment of truth, the moment a leader stops leading, right before the leader, right as soon as the leader stops leading, right before the follower responds, we call it the moment of truth. All power shifts from the leader to the follower. Now the future growth of that leader is now in the follower's hands. If they thank him, you'll see an encouraged, boosted leader. If they shut him down or bring him down, you'll see a leader that's no longer leading. Okay? Moment of truth. In that moment of truth, he was nervous. He backed away from the circle, put his head down. (sighs) The moment of truth turned out to be good. He smiled. He leaned back in, broke the team out. Long story short, Ron Rivera, the week later, actually announced Terry McLaurin was the uh, made him the captain, right. made him a captain. He's right. been a captain ever since. He's now the leader of the team. I'm going to tell you right now, had that moment of truth gone the opposite way, right? We don't see that leadership from Terry McLaurin ever again, right? He would eventually, he would pull back. He wouldn't do much. And when asked why he's not doing more, he'd say, yeah, I went down that route. route. I didn't feel like the guys really wanted it. They didn't really seem open to yeah. it. Followership change Terry McLaurin's leadership. It's the secret to boosting our leadership on our team. I love it. How much of that, though, I'm going to push back a little bit on it. How much of that is talent-based, though? Because if this, well, you said this was his second year. So it's that, I mean, he's one of the best receivers in the league. So it's like, how much does talent play a role? And I'm sure there's other things, too, like how he just treats other people on a day-to-day basis in the locker room. But how much do you think talent plays a role in that confidence, enough to at least step up and get the guys to follow him? Absolutely plays a role. Yeah. Absolutely plays a role. You know, it'd be, it'd be, wouldn't be appropriate in that setting to, like, have special teamers that barely play, right. probably be that guy. Sure. Okay? So he certainly has a built-in advantage by being talented. So, so the guys almost, like, are, wait, they want the most talented guys to be the leaders. Yeah, I think we all do. Yeah. But when followership begins to permeate throughout the entire culture, it changes all the big moments and the little moments. Yeah. It, it, it kind of everybody. All of a sudden, we create this environment that, like, you know what? Like, going back to the example with you. So you're the senior coaching me up, right, in the goalie position. I need to respond well to that, right? I need to be a great follower and and kind of receive that well. But then the hope is that the next day if I help you, right, rotational leadership, so there's something I see and I coach you, that you're going to respond in the same manner for me. And we're creating a culture, an environment that, like we alluded to earlier, that is allowing leadership to be received and thrived by everybody and anybody. Okay, because we all are a leader, even if we're not the leader. I love, yeah, I love that. Changes thing. the whole environment. It's a secret, does. man. Unlocks it. And, and there's some other ways that we, you know, in the session later, we'll talk about our first like teaching. Um, we'll kind of go through an actual, actual role play of the yeah. moment of truth to kind of show it. Uh, there really will be some significant challenges uh, or um, challenges thrown out to the coaches about this has to be an area that they are talking about, that they are teaching, and they are addressing. Anytime they think they're lacking leadership, they need to evaluate, am I actually lacking people that want to do this? Yeah. Or do I suspect that they've tried and have been burned out? Okay. We, we say very few leaders will exhibit persistence through resistance. 
very few. You coach college. Yeah. You know there are some very small percentage that it doesn't matter if if I'm pushing back. They're so driven, so gun ho, so obsessive that they are going to like push through no matter what. Yeah. Most won't. Most won't. And we, we say we say there's a three live limit typically. I'm gonna step out and try to lead the group three different times, and like after the third time, like if I still keep getting resistance, I'll probably throw in the towel and say, right. "It's not gonna do it." Stop for me. So that's why yeah. we have to recognize anytime someone's not exhibiting great followership, and we see that in real time, where we have to understand the person that they're bur- they're just that they're discouraging in that moment, that passer, they just took a life from that. We may only have two lives left. Someone better jump in and help make sure that yeah. that doesn't happen. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Well, hey, <laughs> I appreciate that. I mean, that was, my mind was blown. I mean, that was truly awesome. I appreciate you coming on and sharing your wisdom. I mean, there's there's a lot of good stuff and a lot of, ton of takeaways in, from, here, from here. So thank you. Thank Man, you. appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, and best of luck as you continue here uh, this week. Yeah. Down here, uh, exciting to be down here in Podcast yeah. Row and set up. And uh, great for you for doing it. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.